Paris and the Virgins is probably overrated, wouldn't you say? <laughs> you don't know? I'm not sure. I mean, I saw someone had a joke about this. I think it was a Norm Macdonald joke where there was some girl who was selling her virginity on eBay. For $30,000, you can have the worst sex of your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why are we talking about virgins? Because of the movie we're watching, man. There's uh, the virgin princess. Yes. Conan the Destroyer. It's fine. Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper. I'm Nolan. And uh, the reason we're having all this virgin talk is we're talking about Conan the Destroyer. Sequel to Conan the Barbarian from 1984. And yeah, the main plot of this is Arnold Schwarzenegger has to transport a virgin princess to a castle. So to get a key. Yep. Find a horn to yeah, release was, the demon. Man, it was so confusing. <laughs> there were like all these steps along the way. They were like, she has to find a key. Turns out it's not a key. It's a jewel. The jewel is to get a horn. I'm like, why Why couldn't they just get the horn? There's so many things. So uh, strange. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about the virgin as this goes on, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely, we will. Uh, that brings us probably to the beer. What are we drinking today? Yes. Today we are drinking Donna from our great friends at the Fairweather Brewing Company in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And you might be saying to yourself, what the hell does Donna have to do with you know anything in this movie? Is there a character named Donna? Is there an actress named Donna? No. But what I like about Fairweather, and you know a lot about them more than I do, is the same way that movies have taglines, Fairweather kind of has taglines like for their beer. Absolutely. And they have awesome labels that kind of go with it. And both of them connect to our uh, virgin discussion from conan here today yeah because the tagline for this beer is like a virgin yeah, i think they're throwing a little madonna in here that's why it's called the donna my god i did not realize yeah, that until yeah. right now. so that's why Fuck, it's called I am it. an idiot uh so they're taking a little quote from the the madonna song there so we could have used this for a uh, body of evidence absolutely or maybe not though because well. there's nothing in that movie that's like a virgin <laughs> at all so <laughs> Uh, and there's even pictures of the Virgin Mary, I believe, on the bottle, so it's perfect. You've had this one before or no? Oh, absolutely. Lots of times. I'm excited. It was one of their first loggers. It's a Pilsner. Uh, That's wonderful. I That's know. wonderful. I know you're so excited. I know I'm more of an yes. ale man, but uh, it's delicious. We'll talk about it more later, but yeah, let's definitely get into it. Yes, please. It's okay. It was empty this time. be nice if we could have one bottle opening that did not... Fucking I have a spill some everywhere kind of catastrophe. or some yeah. kind of, yeah. Well, so we'll this is great, man. I'm very excited to try this beer. And I guess we can just get right into the movie. We Beautiful. open on a desert landscape and we get a little voiceover from Conan's chronicler, who we meet later on in the movie. This is a lengthy, like swamp thing-esque disclaimer. Maximum overdrive. <laughs> Super long. Uh, he describes that we're going to be getting into the days of high adventure. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yep. Gives us some background on the time period and, you know. And then we have these weird guys on horseback traveling across this desert. Yeah. And the first time I saw this, we're like, they're riding across and I was like, is that fucking Will Chamberlain? Like, <laughs> and it I, is. It is. And I wrote this down with an exclamation mark and a question mark as well. Uh, super exciting to see Wilt. And then, like, they're in pretty strange outfits. Kind of looks like. Bad S and M gear, a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With more fur, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Furry S and M gear. It's it. Well, this is we're straight up sword and sorcery for this one. There's there a stagecoach there with him as well. Conan is kind of kneeling with his sword. You all, his fucking sidekick looks on. I can't fucking stand this sidekick. <laughs> You're already into him. He's you know how, brutal. You know how some yeah. characters like grow on you in a movie. Yeah, he this guy not. was the opposite. He shrunk on me as the movie went along. So he's clearly there for comic relief. Uh, Conan's kind of like praying at this altar. We find out he's sort of 
sad about his lost uh, love. Yes, from the first movie, Valeria. Yeah. Meanwhile, the sidekick is kind of trying on some rings. He's counting loot. They've clearly just robbed stuff. I guess they're bandits. And when the sidekick kind of notices people approaching, he assumes that this merchant sent them. We get a little exchange giving us more backstory of what they're doing. I think we made the merchant angry. Are you surprised? Well, we didn't steal everything he had. We didn't have time. And so <laughs> the, the big difference between this yes. one and the first one, which I've seen, is we're starting to get like Arnold is becoming a little more Arnold. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, I did want to point out when they introduced Arnold, and I thought this was hilarious, the very first shot you get of him is a hard zoom on his codpiece. <laughs> <laughs> they start right in on his neck. Like, I was like, oh. why are we introducing him? And then, of course, they pan up to his torso muscular, and yeah. his insane muscles. Yeah. He is huge. This is definitely Arnold at like... Pretty peak physique. Yeah, so this is this would have been this is before Terminator came out. It's come out the same year as Terminator, a little before that. So he has not broken out as a big star yet. Basically, he was in the bodybuilding documentary Pumping Iron. He did Hercules in New York, which was just a piece of shit. And then now he's done Conan, and right away he's done the Conan sequel. Both of which, by the way, produced by your boy. Dino De Laurentiis. Yes, Dino. Oh, yeah. Coming back with another hit. Dino was a star of the Stephen King. Uh, <laughs> back to back De Laurentiis. Oh, my God. How that's excited are awesome. you right now? I hope Dino's listening. <laughs> yeah. So he's he hasn't really landed on the perfect Schwarzenegger formula yet, but we're starting to see glimmers of it. Like, that's a pretty decent Arnold moment. These guys come, they attack, they try to trap Conan in a net, but he fights them off. At one point, he grabs the net and just pulls two of the guys off their horses. The sidekick, like you said, pure comic relief. He's like hiding. He swallows a couple of the jewels. And when he finally comes up to fight, he ends up like getting stuck underneath the guy. So just fucking shitty slaps. He's awful. Uh, Arnold here does some pretty insane stuff. When he pulls those two guys off the horses, he like outstrengths the horses. They are running at full speed (laughs) and he grabs this net and stops them as he yanks the two off. So that's impressive. And then he fucking punches a horse in the face. Well, that happens. I think you're thinking of the camel. That happens later. No, it happens right here. I he wrote also it punches down a horse? because oh, he punches several animals in the face. And I was like, so <laughs> confused. They thought it was hilarious. Like he laughed and the horse reared up and the guy fell down. And I was like, yeah. whoever wrote this loves Arnold punching fucking animals. <laughs> what well, shows off is he's able to he's able to not only fight man, but also beast. He's so strong. <laughs> well, we're going to see that a lot through here. I want to talk about some of his feats of strength later. But it's we'll just, it's just like Commando with John Matrix. <laughs> oh, my God. Unbelievable. So Conan takes out most of these guys. Finally, he's approached by Wilt Chamberlain. It is Wilt Chamberlain. And also a masked person who turns out to be Queen Taramis. But, and this is made very clear to us, she is not Conan's queen. No. And in the first movie, Conan's whole deal is he worships the god Krom. Yes. In fact, like virtually all he says in the whole movie is, Crom. This is like over and over again. <laughs> Wasn't much of a talker back in the day, that Arnold. So she's not his queen, but she kind of has something that she wants his help with. She offers him, in exchange for helping her, his greatest desire, which is to bring back his lost love, Valeria, from the dead. So he agrees and they ride out. Yeah, they start heading back to her palace. This is really confusing. It's clear that. The character is not very smart because, I mean, I guess we are sort of shown that she has a little bit of magic. Uh, she like makes her kind of appear in a vision to him. But I don't know why he thinks she's going to be able to bring her back from the dead. Well, as in this sort of universe, people who can do magic 
they're kind of held in a high regard that you don't really know what their limits are, right? What they okay. can and can't do. So I can see why he would believe this. But I mean, right away, for those of us who have seen a bunch of movies, we're like, oh, this is, she's, this is bullshit. She's going to turn out to be yeah. evil. And we knew, has, we knew yeah. like even in her demeanor, we knew she was going to fuck him over. Of course. So they get back to the, the palace. And this is where I thought you got confused because as they're walking, people know them and they're kind of cheering and they're showing Conan, Conan. And we get a shot where a camel is looking at him very unimpressed. Now, you have not seen the first movie. No. In the first movie, he knocks out a camel. He punches a camel in the face and it gets knocked out. Oh, so it's just such a throwback to that movie. And I can yes. tell that was kind of because he makes a comment about like you again. Or, he apologizes. Yeah, he, he tries he to apologize to the camel, but it spits on him. So he knocks it out again, which hey, is a great little moment. He fucking punches the camel in the face. And this point, I was like, number two animal punch. I started a ticker. I started drinking every time uh, he punched an animal. <laughs> I'm sure that no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. Uh, I believe they were both fine. Yeah. yeah. They were would, pretty would, comical would, punches. Would, would they, weren't, they weren't real. Cause any harm to come to animals? I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, this strange legend uh, of De Laurentiis is still hanging over this movie? Yes. All right. So they get to the castle. The queen lays it out for him. Basically, her daughter, the princess, has been born with a birthmark that, according to a prophecy, will allow her to retrieve a key that only she can touch. And the key is in the castle, and it's guarded by a wizard. So what she needs Conan to do is get the princess into the castle and bring her back safely with the horn too right the, they also have to go take that key to get the horn and then bring the horn back to the well yeah castle. well this is what we learned the key is to get something else to bring it back now speaking of the princess we get some screaming from her bedroom and we cut into the bedroom and there's will chamberlain next to the princess's bed telling her to calm down and it was just a dream her acting here is like some of the worst acting ever done by a person in a movie yeah and we've said that several times and this is really close to it so a couple weeks ago with cocktail we were talking about the golden raspberry awards the razzies yeah. she won the razzie for worst or maybe she was nominated for worst actress and she won for worst like new star she won some razzie oh, for her she deserved for her it. acting it was awful yeah it's not great so the queen needs him to make sure that the princess returns with the treasure and her virginity intact and will chamberlain tells the queen i will protect them both <laughs> and, uh, I, like, uh, uh, you're starting to question whether she's a virgin uh, anymore the, is this that must what you're... <laughs> have been intentional there's no fucking way if you have a character in a movie who you need to guard her virginity how do you like of all people will chamberlain is the guy you slept with like fifty thousand women he said oh it's gotta be there's the gotta worst, be something the connected worst there. person to guard someone's virginity <laughs> yeah so the man who had sex basically every day of his life and you're getting him that is amazing actually i didn't think about that until you brought it up stunt but, casting it has to yes, be stunt it casting has to they be. must you're be right. like this is gonna be fucking hilarious and you can't sacrifice a not a virgin and right this got me thinking i was like when are is conan gonna figure this out and just plow her <laughs> I was like, like you can save her life. Yeah, I was like, that has to be a legitimate strategy. I mean, she's kind of young. Um, yeah, man, she's probably like sixteen in this movie, so it is definitely problematic. But it would save her from being sacrificed, and. If she was a willing participant, I don't think that would be that bad. So I don't know. We're going to have to figure it out. Yeah. This is where the queen tips her hand. The queen basically says they're going to have to sacrifice the princess and also kill Conan as soon as like the mission's complete. So yes. we know now she's evil. We kind of already knew. And going back to the princess, they're riding off now on this quest. And the princess immediately starts asking questions about whether or not Conan is handsome because she doesn't know the ways of man. Yes. So after some debate, she decides, you know what? He is handsome and that could maybe trouble later. For all the reasons you just mentioned. I know. And I thought they would go back to this more. And maybe we'll talk about it as we keep moving forward. But I can't believe that uh, this wasn't a strategy that Conan had thought about, I don't think. Well, he's he's got eyes in the prize, man. He's only, he doesn't know that he's going to get betrayed yeah, just he yet. just wants his lost 
dead yeah. love back. Yeah. Well, he has no genius sacrifice either. Yeah. So he's he's in the dark in a lot of things. That's true. They take a little detour against the princess's orders because Conan needs to get a little magic help. You got to fight magic with magic. And so we see character from the first movie, Conan's old friend and mentor, Akiro, is about to be cooked and eaten by, by cannibals. Yeah, by yeah. some cannibals. Yeah. But they save him and now he's on the team. Yeah, Conan rides in and beheads like 30 cannibals. What's funny about that is this movie is way less violent and way less gory than the first one. They tone a lot of it down to try and get a PG rating because they think they could make more money if like more kids could see the movie. That's interesting because it did feel to me like it was very much a like never ending story or like more like a children's adventure story with some strange like discussions of virginity and like punching animals i was I don't yeah know. i think they couldn't get they couldn't go too far in their direction without losing a large chunk of the audience first, which they ended up doing anyway they ended yeah. up losing a lot of the audience in the first one but yeah this one's got the tone's a lot more lighter there's a little more comedy in this yeah, one yeah it, it definitely felt like it was more targeted towards a younger audience to me i i thought it was going to be more brutal than it turned out to be for sure yes and the, yeah not very much gore despite all the sword injuries and sword wounds so the princess at this point tells Conan about the key that it's not really a key, but a jewel that only she can wear. So we're getting a little more information here. They're passing through a city when they see a mob trying to kill a lady bandit. She's tied to a stake. That's Grace Jones. Yeah. Yeah. She is bad ass. Yes, sir. That was kind of her thing, right? She's like, you know, this portrait of like female strength. She's a Bond villain. She's one of like the henchmen, the main henchmen for Christopher Walken's Bond and oh. View to a Kill. Yeah, she was awesome. I, I looked her up afterwards to see like what she'd been in and she had a lot of stuff. That was cool. Yeah, man, for sure. So the princess tells Conan to save her. He cuts her free and she ends up fighting off the mob with her staff. She's got some sweet bow staff skills. Then she grabs a horse and rides out. She catches up to Conan and the rest of the crew. She wants to, you know, ride with them. She owes Conan her life. She wants to join the team. But Wilt Chamberlain's like, nah, get out of here. They have a little showdown. She kind of goes at Wilt a little bit. I mean, Wilt clearly doesn't want Conan building an entourage because it's going to be harder to kill him later. But I love this. I actually wrote down, I was like, sweet, Conan's building allies as he's moving forward in this journey. I was like, this is awesome. And then we have some really cool scenery that they start moving through right here. As, as I, <laughs> I was like, this seems like a fun adventure movie to me. I was pretty into it at this point. Yeah, I mean, anytime you got a building a team in movie, it's exciting. Like what's going to happen? Yeah. You see everyone's kind of skills. Conan, very impressed with her moxie and the way she stands up to Will Chamberlain. And then you mentioned scenery. All of a sudden, they're just at the castle. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? They're just there all of a sudden. Well, they went through like a 10-second montage of some mountains and other shit. And then it's they tiny. end up at the lake. And this is the worst piece of scenery. This <laughs> castle is just a cheesy, uh, painted fucking like set model castle in the middle of a lake. It looks like a drawing. It doesn't even look like a real fucking building. It's terrible. It was really bad. I was trying to figure out how they did it. Um, we learned that that's the castle where the key is or the diamond or whatever. And it's guarded by a wizard. Who we see in this guy. He's got one eye. He's wearing like a horned helmet and just a shit ton of finger jewelry. I'm like, what is the fuck is this guy wearing? He's all these like individual like finger rings and those kind of like pointy finger cap they things. All, they know, all man. give him plus one to intelligence and hit points. And uh, this is straight out of... And scratching. Yeah. It's plus one scratching. <laughs> plus one scratching ability. Yeah. Straight out of D&D. Yeah, I think so. They stop to get a little rest. And as soon as they do, the wizard summons... <laughs> Just a shitty animated dragon. So this reminded me of the dragons we saw in Dungeon Master. Dungeon Master yeah. Rage Wars, right? It was the same kind of weird animated one that reminded you of like a classic Disney movie. 
Except this one actually does something. Those are just That's like looking true. for disappear. They just sort of swirl in the air. This one kind of, yeah, travels across the water. Very slowly. <laughs> so slowly. Oh, uh, yes. And it grabs the princess. It puts her in a crystal room that looks like the kill room from Dexter. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was looking at this and I'm like, are those, are those just like, do they just like spray paint some tarps like silver? It just looks like tarps all around her and her yes. on like a slab in the middle. It That's just looks true. like a ritual he, killer. He it's lays so her down in all those furs and puts her to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And he says that tomorrow she's going to touch the heart of Araban, which is the, the jewel, presumably. Yes. She'll be the first person to do this in a thousand years. And so the next morning, they realize that she's gone. Akira kind of pieces together what happened. And they jump in a boat that is just there for some reason. Just a fucking boat tied up at the side of this thing. What the fuck? Convenient. I mean, every mysterious lake has a random rowboat, right? Like, that's how it goes in stories, I think. Sure. Isn't that real life? I guess. The wizard sees them do it. He's, he's like, seeing them through a crystal. He kind of sees them approaching. He says, it's too late. It's not too late. <laughs> I'll just spoil that right now. <laughs> what the hell? You're, you're spoiling this shit for everybody? Dude, come on. We're spoiler full. Oh, Everyone knows that. Okay. Uh, there's no entrance when they get to the castle, but Akira uses his magic to find one. And his magic is basically just him making race car noises. It's really weird. He just sort of, I guess they're trying to suggest that he's meditating or doing something in his mind. He puts his hands together. But yeah, he makes like. That's it. And then he figures it out. It's it's actually really lame. One of the things that was most upsetting about this to me was how lame Akiro seemed to be. Yeah. Even when he used to show up his magic skills later, there's not there's not a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. So they find an entrance. It's a swim underwater to find it. They do. They emerge in like a mist filled cave and they go up just a lot of steps. A ton of steps. So this is like a really poor effect of them kind of like climbing around in a giant circle. And of course, who fucking falls for no reason? For no fucking reason. (laughs) The sidekick, he's going up the stairs. He he doesn't trip. He doesn't get knocked over. He just like keels over. So I laugh my ass off at this. Not because it was funny, but because it was so awful and random. I was like, this is the worst, but also <laughs> hilarious. For me, this is where I wrote down, I'm getting sick of him. Well, like this, and, I've had enough at this point. And now I start to think this guy is like a worthless like character, thief character. The way that they're making it look feels very Lord of the Ringsy to me. I was like, is this guy Gollum? Like, is he, are they just oh. bringing him along so that he has some effect at the end of the story? Like, Not he really. needs to be there. No, he was he fucking really pointless. Doing, yeah. He wasn't he even really Gollum. Do a whole lot. Yeah. He's there for the kids. He's something to make little kids laugh. Oh, he fell down. Oh. Yeah. He, well, yeah, he's, he's awful. He's not good. So they they get to the top of these stairs. They move a wall, follow through a passageway. They find a room with a glowing jewel in the center. Conan walks into the room, but as soon as he does, like a glass door drops down. Now no one else can walk through. And my God, watching Wilt Chamberlain pretend to push on this glass is just fucking hilarious. <laughs> like that's where I was laughing out loud because it's like just uh, speaking of bad acting, it's, it's terrible. It's so pathetic. And, and now we're in a strange like carnival fucking room. This is actually, in my opinion, the coolest part of this movie. The curtains rise up. We see that Conan is surrounded by mirrors like Funhouse style. Yeah. And there's a red cloaked figure in each one of the mirrors and they all step out into the room, which is really kind of cool. And behind them, all the like more red cloaked guys step yeah, up like, to fill through. the space, right? So yeah. you get the kind of the impression that there's going to be this endless onslaught of like cloaked guys. But then all the ones that stepped out immediately combine into one guy, which is less cool. Yeah. And it's some kind of beast man. Yeah. This thing was hilarious and not at all scary. No. Like not even close to being scary. But he was huge. 
Yes. Do we like? I don't know who played him, but it was a massive person because I don't know if it was either like the way it was shot or the way they were fighting, but he was as big or bigger than Arnold. Yeah. So he's a big bodybuilder type who I believe is in the first movie just playing someone else, or maybe maybe he's not in the first one, but he's just a big bodybuilder guy. Okay. Um, probably one of Arnold's friends in the bodybuilding circuit, and his his the things that are making a beat. He's just wearing a rubber, a rubber mask and some gloves. I wrote it's it. Terrible. I wrote it was worse than Swamp Thing. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yes. Like this is horrible effects. Like it is some of the worst monster makeup. It's a Halloween mask and yeah. some gloves. It was it's just really bad. Yeah. They fight and the guy at one point grabs Conan by the <laughs> ankles and he's spinning him around. Yes. And then he like throws him. And when he like Conan lands, it's clearly just Arnold Schwarzenegger jumping into frame and rolling. Yeah. It's not even close to a real and thing. And he winks. He winks yeah. at the end of it. <laughs> I wrote that down oh, too. Oh, man. Uh, and then he tries to like hurt the monster but he can't like his sword can't hurt the monster yeah, at passes all passes right through him yeah but when he accidentally hits one of the mirrors in the room and it breaks the creature is hurt and i kind of like that because that to me is like it reminded me of like old nintendo video games where like you're fighting a boss and he has some weakness to kind of figure out what the weakness is the it seems like a, yeah, yeah very much a video game weakness thought it was really cool and as soon as he figures it out he starts smashing the windows there's this overly triumphant music just booming through the soundtrack. <laughs> and actually, the makeup gets a little better here. The cuts that start appearing on him as he breaks the glass was kind of like cool. Yeah. Like, I thought they did a better job with that than the original outfit, for sure. For sure. And we get down to two mirrors left. Behind one of them is the wizard we saw earlier. Behind the other one, his friends. And his friends are just like super nervous. No, not this one. They're screaming. No, no, no. Yeah. If they just move, they'll be fucking fine. Yeah, he could have busted we, that and it would have been it would have been nothing. We like, just saw them walk through a giant thing. Walk, go further in the passageway. He's not going to hurt you. And it, it didn't really build the way that I thought it should. I was like, oh, why Why is it down to this? I guess you're worried that he's going to break the glass and hurt his friends, but yeah. I don't know. I wasn't really scared. But if they just stepped all. away from yeah. the glass, they would be totally fine. Well, and then he just decides he's going to fucking chuck his sword at yeah. one of them. He guesses right, of yeah. course. Sends his sword flying, and the glass breaks. After it does, the wizard calmly walks out with the sword just buried in his chest. Impaled, yeah. Yep. He pulls it out. He touches the glowing jewel. As soon as he does, light just bursts out of him, and he's gone. We have just a pile of glass left over. And then we hear some screams from the Best Actress award winner. <laughs> yeah. The princess wakes up again. She's always sleeping. And then she's screaming again for Wilt Chamberlain. He tells her that it's all right again, and she finally gets to grab this glowing jewel. When she does, nothing happens to her, but the castle starts falling apart, and they escape in the boat. The boat is not even moving. Oh, my God. The amount of shitty screaming from both the girl and the, like, useless guy is absurd in this, like, escape. This whole scene is rough. It's really rough. They're sitting on this boat. The boat is stationary. Oh, they have this, like, almost weird green screen effect to make it look like it's going. I wrote this down, too. It was really, really poorly done. It does not look like it's going at all. They're just sitting like it's a stationary boat. Anyway, they get back to land. It's time to head back home. As soon as they start on their way back, they are immediately attacked. Someone grabs the princess. Wilt Chamberlain seems oddly unconcerned. Conan saves the princess, and then Wilt attacks him and is like, oh, I thought you were going to hurt the princess. But Conan realizes, like, the men who attacked them, these are the Queen's guards. So now he's understandably suspicious. One of the Queen's guards seem to be a lot better than the others, and they have a bit of a showdown fight, Yep, which is kind of cool. There's some sick sort of sword, mounted sword, and then hand-to-hand sword skills. But, of course... Conan smashes him at the end. Can't beat Conan. Um, and yeah, this is where Conan starts to figure out the plot. This is where I was like, well, she's got the gem, but is she going to stay a virgin? 
I was like, maybe Conan's going to figure this out too. And he's going to know what has to happen. Hey man, I guess love is in the air because that night the comic relief decides oh to make a move on Grace Jones. Goodness. Yes. Yeah. He offers to rub a salve on her wounds and she agrees, but then he just keeps going up, 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 up the leg. Yeah. He gets it real close to her vagina for sure. Yeah. Like he goes right up into her inner thigh. And then when she gets mad, he blames fucking society. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, what the fuck? We don't want an infection to spread. I'll spread your head open. This is what the world has come to. You try to help somebody, and what do you get instead of thanks? Threats. Yeah, I was just like, oh my goodness. I don't know, man. Good for her not taking that shit. Well, and then this is where the virgin comes to fix Conan's wounds. Oh, God. Well, this is, speaking of comic relief, Conan is drunk. And oh God, yes, Schwarzenegger, yeah. I love the guy, but this oh. is not, again, he's it, still figuring it out it at this point. It took me like the entire scene to figure out that he was drunk and not just acting poorly because it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, so the princess starts asking him about his plans, what they're going to do after this. He tells her all about his special lady, Valeria. The princess is like, well, you know, maybe there's someone else. Wink, wink, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, she's, she's definitely into him hard yeah. right now. He just passes out, though. He just passes out. Yeah, well, he had too much. So then she goes to get a little advice from Grace Jones about how to be a badass. Grace Jones goes to show her some staff moves that are both staff. But then drunk Conan wakes up and like lurches over and is like, try this sword. Yeah. So she was teaching like Grace Jones or the characters teaching the virgin how to hold a shaft. And then, oh, <laughs> come on, man. And then, and then Conan gets out with his own sword and shoves it in her hand. Yeah, and then she tries to use it, and she almost kills the sidekick. She's yeah. not, she should oh. not be handling this sword at all. And then Conan is just like, you got it. Thumbs up. Uh, and then he walks so into a rock and fucking passes oh, out my again. Oh, God. It's horrible comedy. Really bad. Horrible comedy. And also, just like from a plot standpoint... Why doesn't Will Chamberlain just kill him right now? Yeah, he's super drunk. Yeah. He's passed out. He hits we, his head in a rock. He's unconscious. We learned throughout this that Wilt is a horrible villain. Like, it's just not working. There's yeah. a couple other points I'll bring up as we move forward where I'm just like, well, he could have ended it here. Oh, that would have stopped the He's story. had so oh. many times to just kill him. He doesn't do it. <sighs> the next day, the princess has more questions. She's asking, how do you get a man? How do babies get made? She is just so thirsty for Conan here. It's unbelievable. Oh, my God. She's asking about sex, and the like comic relief guy has to explain the birds and the bees to her. Yeah, watching him struggle with that is probably the only good thing he does in this whole movie. It was funny. Like, he, he, actually, out. he just he, can't do it. He's yeah, like, he, uh. but he actually does. The, he does a pretty good job of like demonstrating he doesn't know how to describe it to her. And it, it, it is actually a pretty funny moment. But yeah, she still doesn't know or understand what it means even though they keep telling her yeah i mean he, 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 does, he doesn't he doesn't get into it really because again he feels weird talking to yeah. this like there's a gender thing there's an age thing yeah so he bails out of that then they see a temple looking building and they go inside there the princess has like radar or something she's just telling them now we go this way now we go this way i'm like what the fuck how does she know she's this? using her instincts i guess to find the place that's holding the horn when we get to that temple what of course is stopping them from getting into this temple a big door. This oh, is sure, yeah. one of the like 75 times in this movie the writers set it up to show Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to lift or move something heavy. I started just writing down another feat of strength as I was going on because yep. it was just like there was no reason to spend two and a half minutes opening this door, but they just wanted to show his muscles yeah, and him sort of putting it up, right? Um, so I, I started keeping track of these. So this is like number seven. There I think. you go. Yeah. You skipped the part where there's like a rat. They're going through a tunnel and Grace Jones is scared of the rat. She's oh. like screaming and everyone's yes. just like 
really? And they kind of shrugged. Just like, I don't know. It's well, necessary. The rat came in between two times of him having to open big doors with his muscles. So there you go. <laughs> they're all over this. I'm just like, oh, how many scenes of door opening? If we're talking padding <laughs> yep. to get to your 90 minutes, as For we sure. know we love to do. Yeah. These are the scenes in this movie. So this door leads to the main crypt. This is where the jewel goes, which reveals the horn of Dagoth behind a wall of fire. And the princess just walks right through and grabs the horn. No problem. Then while the princess is putting the jewel on, yeah. Akiro is reading some wall carvings. Death to the world? Yeah, well, what he realizes, what he learns from these carvings is the princess will be sacrificed and Dagoth returning will mean death to the entire world. Yeah. So Conan hears this and is kind of like, well, yeah, man, my wife will come back. He's kind of... Yeah, he's, he's so... He's unconcerned about it. Yeah, he's like, he doesn't believe in destiny here. He's saying, yeah, oh, whatever. I don't think she's going to get sacrificed. I can stop that. Yes, he doesn't want to sacrifice the princess. Yeah. That's good. But in terms of death to the world, he seems kind of like willing to shrug it off if it means bringing his lady back. So on the way out, they're confronted by the keepers of the horn, which is this group of like kind of cloaked type figures. They debate whether or not Dagoth can be controlled and things escalate really quickly. Give us the girl or we'll take her. Enough talk. And they, Conan and Wilt Chamberlain kill like 40 of these dudes. Yeah, this is a pretty hilarious fight. They're like fighting their way back into the crypt and Conan and uh, Bombasta are just smashing these uh these people, but we learn that the leader of them is sort of hanging back, maybe has some magical powers. Yeah, we get a little wizard off between him and Akiro, and it's it's not very impressive. I was so excited for this. Like they build <laughs> yeah. it up really hard. There's like a minute and a half, two minutes of like them like hype it up Akiro, and this is gonna be awesome. And it is one of the like most unimpressive, lamest, like you basically have both of them making car sounds until one of them stops. <laughs> and it's awful. It is so, so bad. It's so anticlimactic. So they escape through a tunnel. In the tunnel, Will Chamberlain finally makes his move. He causes a cave-in that traps Conan and the others so he can make off with the princess. But Conan is able to just kind of like power through these rocks. And then the race is on. So a couple of scenes that they intentionally show a scene where the virgin's dress gets caught and sort of torn off while she's escaping in the tunnel. And I'm wondering whether this is going to lead to some more like racy or other things that they happen tease in here. They, tease they, tease the they, they tease it a lot and they go nowhere when they f- eventually get themselves out of the tunnel why didn't bombada release the horses or kill them or something he Great left question. them there for them to chase i was just like i mean clearly this has to happen yeah this is the moment that conan figures it out right like he gets out there and he's like i gotta go save that virgin i understand what's happening here yeah and the comic relief for the 8,000th time is like i'm not going you guys go ahead are you crazy and as soon as they leave he's like wait for me don't leave me the comic relief is so weird because he's doing all this he seems like he's afraid of everyone but as soon as they get into a battle the guy is like knifing everybody yeah he's surprisingly decent fighter for someone who's afraid of everything it's so weird yeah so I say the race is on, but basically they just are right back at the kingdom immediately. Yeah, there's no actual like buildup. They're just right there. Nope. And the princess returns with the horn and the queen prepares to sacrifice her and she gets her to drink some wine that's maybe been poisoned. Yeah, I thought poisoned at first too. I think it's just drugged. I think she just wants her to be agreeable to the things that she's trying to get her to do because I think she has to be a part of this sort of ceremony that brings back the demon. I guess so. Yeah, she has to at least be like at least like mobile. Yeah, you can't okay. have her just toast. So Conan and crew get there and they sneak through a passageway underneath a waterfall. He has to bend some bars. He's under feet of strength for you. Yes, I wrote it down. We also had the comic relief almost fall to his death again. Of course. Yeah, of course. 
they fight their way to the princess through some incredibly inept guards. And also <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain. We get the Conan, oh, Wilt Chamberlain showdown. And Conan uses, uses judo. Yeah. Well, Wilt bites off Conan's ear. Yeah. Yeah, in this. They wrestle on the ground and there's some judo moves. Yeah, Chamberlain charges Conan and he uses his momentum against him. He uses a judo flip, sends him flying. Yeah. And they can see they get to this main chamber where they're about to sacrifice the princess, but they can't get to her in time. So Grace Jones javelins her staff like fucking a mile and a half. Oh, this she was throws awesome. this thing so far. Yeah. There's no fucking way it she could go that far. She would have won the Olympic event. Uh, oh, it's a new world record, <laughs> yeah, guaranteed. Sure. And she also she throws it. Not only does it make the distance, it scores a direct hit on the keeper wizard from earlier, the yes. keeper of the thing. Right, right in, in the, the fucking, fucking heart. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he's toast. Conan kills Will Chamberlain. And this is where I really realized that we... We don't have prime Arnold Schwarzenegger yet because he kills him. And there's this like lingering moment where I'm waiting for the Schwarzenegger one liner and there's just nothing. Yeah, he didn't say anything. It was a little bit deflating for sure. I was like this big battle. He could have been like no more virgins for you or like big I don't know. Letdown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, drop something. Right. Yeah, man. That's I. That's uh, what, what might have been and what, what would have been just a few years later. It's a big jump. Yep. So now things are happening. There's all this wind flying around, flashing lights. They're screaming. The queen grabs the princess and Conan jumps down to save her. Dagoth is rising. Yeah, they put the horn in the statue. Yep. That was in this uh, sort of palace and the statue starts coming to life. We start He's a seeing big it. demon monster and I can tell you right now, he is played by Andre the Giant. Really? Yeah. <laughs> You don't see his face. That's just oh, underneath all the stuff. So that's amazing. Yeah, man. That's way more exciting than the actual creature itself because the creature is fucking awful. Yeah, it's again some terrible creature effects here. Just it, this big demon-looking thing. It looks like a swamp monster, and and I started to piece it together. It's I think it's actually a demon narwhal. Okay, <laughs> see that? Because yeah. it it looks like a water type creature, and it has a giant horn. I yep. think they were just paying homage to like evil narwhals. There you go. The queen runs over to Dagoth and he impales her with his horn, which is that irony? Yeah. A little I bit, think little so. bit of irony. Yeah. Uh, Conan's fighting him. Dagoth. Oh, we, we know he has to tear out the horn. This is what we hear. Another feat of strength is coming. Yes. So Dagoth tries to crush his head, but Grace Jones bails him out. So does the sidekick when Dagoth tries to rip Conan's arms off. Yeah. He's causing a lot of damage here. Akiro says that they have to tear off the horn. He kind of gives them the knowledge. So Akira is finally doing something worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, true. I guess he found the entrance he to the helps castle. Out. I don't know how he helps, but he helps sometimes. Yeah. And Conan, in the feat of strength you mentioned, jumps on his back and literally rips it out of his head. And then we get a tornado? Well, Dagoth is still kind of coming, but he finally keels over as Conan puts his sword through his head. And we get, again, the big booming triumph music. Yeah. The music cues in this are just like paint by numbers. Oh, like, they start at the beginning, like right at the very start and yeah. go all the way through. And that's basically it for this giant conflict. Again, some awful creature effects and oh some, you know, kind of unbelievable leaps in logic, but also like physical spacing. It's rough. We flash forward and we're having sort of like the scene out of Star Wars. Yeah, right? like gonna... the, the metal ceremony, <laughs> yeah. basically. The princess is now the queen. She makes Grace Jones her new captain of the guards because uh, Will Chamberlain is toast and also betrayed her. Yeah. He, she also makes the comic relief sidekick her fool because every kingdom is a fool. Do I qualify? More than qualify. And she decides randomly that Akira is the world's greatest wizard and wants him to be the council, which like, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Again, he didn't do a whole lot. I was really unimpressed with Akira's magic the entire time. Every other like person who could use 
magic seemed way better. And yet he outlasts them all. I know. Maybe, maybe that's the secret, all. right? Yeah. Yeah. So what, about, what about Conan, though? What's going to happen with Conan? Well, she wants Conan to rule with her, but he says he will have his own kingdom, his own queen. So she gives him a kiss and gets a little teary out as he leaves. And as we find out in a voiceover at the end here, he had many more adventures and eventually he does find his own kingdom. But that is another story for the unfilmed sequel we never got, Conan the Conqueror. Yeah, that was supposed to come and didn't happen. Didn't happen. Apparently, Schwarzenegger was pretty unhappy with the PG cut of this movie, thought it wasn't really true to the kind of theme and spirit of the first one, so did not end up returning. Plus, Terminator broke just a few months after that, and all of a sudden, he was kind of up here, a different echelon of star than he was before. So He didn't want to do any more Dino films. Dino would have had to back up the Brinks truck, and I don't know if, uh, <laughs> he, I don't know if he could have spared it from yeah. his cocaine budget. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, we do know he lives like Scarface. So that's, that's what according we assume. To you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please don't sue us, Mr. De Laurentiis. This is We actually think you're probably a very nice man. All hearsay and conjecture. Yeah. I I'll, I will say I've loved a great number of Dino De Laurentiis movies. Absolutely. I'm glad that he's on this planet. Oh, you're not always going to make the best movie. Like you got to be able to make mistakes to be able to do something. No. And and I I say good for you, Dino, for And God knows out there. plenty of mistakes in this movie. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Oh, boy. The first one is so much better than this. I really feel like I love the first one. It's really funny because I don't have that sort of... I didn't see the first one. I don't have that background. So I didn't have the same expectation set. So I think now, that might... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, it's good. Um, funnily enough, a few major critics actually preferred this one. Roger Ebert, who I often do not agree with. Roger yeah. and I don't always get along. He... Thought this was a funnier, better version of the first movie. One critic, I think it was for the New York Times, did say that Schwarzenegger isn't really pulling off the comedy stuff here, which, I mean, he, he yeah. a couple of years later, that would not be a problem anymore. He yeah, fucking true. figures it out. But yeah, you can kind of see here, we're not quite there yet with the Arnold that we all know and love. This is a progression movie for him. Definitely. He's, yeah. getting, his, he's getting his feet wet, as it were, and you know, it's all uphill from here. So <laughs> what we do now is we're going to rate the movie. On a scale of 1 to 10, we're actually going to do this twice. 1 to 10 for how bad it is and 1 to 10 for how enjoyable it is. The ultimate hope, the ultimate goal, and it hasn't happened yet, but it's got to happen soon, is we'll find a movie that's 10 out of 10 bad, 10 out of 10 enjoyable for the incredible perfect score of a crit 20. Oh, boy. So I will start us off here. All right. It's not going to be a crit 20 for me today. Oh. I have this movie as a how bad it is 1 to 10. I have it as a seven. Oh, wow. You know what? Like, it's bad, but actually, it's not so far off from the first one. I don't really know. If you're making a sword and sorcery movie, this kind of checks a lot of the boxes. It has most of the elements that you want okay. in it. And, you know, some of the casting's awful. Some of the acting's awful. But generally speaking, I feel like this movie does what it comes here to do. It entertains you with sword fights. You know, you get to see some feats of strength from Arnold. There is a little bit of wizardry and some special effects and stuff. So it's bad, but it's not by any stretch one of the worst, of the movies, worst movies that we've watched. Well. Okay, that's fair. Um, so I I found a lot of the story direction really problematic. I found the acting really bad. Um, I also found the costuming and special effects just horrendous. <laughs> um, so I went with an eight. Bad. Okay. So yeah. not not way off, but I, I thought it was it was quite bad. So no crit 20 today. No crit 20, unfortunately. And in terms of enjoyability, um, this one was interesting because it did 
make me think back to a lot of those sort of adventure stories. Those are some of my favorites. Uh, the Lord of the Rings, the Homer, the like the all the Odyssey and the Iliad Yeah, you were really stuff. excited for this when we yeah, talked about like, it. Yeah, like I love the this sort of style of film and story. So I actually kind of enjoyed myself throughout. Sure. I laughed a lot and uh, I'm giving it an eight as well. So it's two eights for me for this. Okay. Eight for how bad and eight for how enjoyable. It's a pretty good score, man. Yeah, I... Not going to say I would never watch this again. Wow. We're in a rarefied air now. I know. I mean, I'd probably watch it with my kids when they're a bit older. Like this would be a adventure movie together. All right. I enjoyed it less. I have it as a seven for enjoyable. I think for me, I was really, I was constantly comparing it to the first one. Yeah. I would much rather watch the first one. And so because of that, this falls short. Also, I just fucking hated the sidekick. I did not need that guy there. Like he has a sidekick yeah. in the first one too, but that guy is more serious. He's more effective. He's he's really just like there to kind of you know help Conan out, and he kind of doesn't carry an equal load, but he's he's out there fighting every time. He isn't doing bullshit bad but comedy. Like, are they adding the sidekicks to help sort of explain what the character's supposed to be doing? Because Arnold just wasn't strong enough in English at that That's point. That's a great question. I do think for sure. I mean, you see it in this movie. He provides a lot of exposition and kind of yes. explains like backstory what they're doing. Um. Yeah, man. Gotta like, be what it is, right? Like yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even need that sidekick if no. it was just Arnold who could explain everything and kick Well, ass. he doesn't, he doesn't do anything. No, yeah. it, it, nothing he does moves the plot along That's really. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, didn't need him. You know, I don't think I will watch this again. No. I think if I have, I'm not a big sword and sorcery guy. If I have the itch, I'll probably watch the first Conan because again, it's better yeah. in my opinion. So yeah, for me, like whatever. This was. It was what it was. I'm not. Uh, I'm not too upset about it, but I'm probably not going to watch it again. There. But this beer, though, yeah, really enjoyed it. Donna Pilsner. Yeah. Well, that that helps for sure. That was just um, it for you. Yeah. Definitely. I. You know. I've kind of had mixed results with Fairweather. They do a lot of really kind of like flowery stuff, for lack of a better word. They are adventurous in their flavors for sure. They're willing to experiment. Um, the brewmaster for sure will try out all kinds of stuff. Uh, I find they tend to be IPA and sour focus. Like they put out more of those than the other kind of beer. But I was really surprised that I love this Donna when it came out because I like IPAs and pale ales. Yeah, you're not a big Pilsner guy. So no. So I was I was really surprised and really happy to sort of enjoy the depth of flavor and also how like subtle and clean it is. Right. Like it's just really easy to drink. Really and i think that's like i don't want anyone to think that i don't enjoy their beers kind of sound like i was being a little negative a couple minutes ago i just for me their offerings that are a little more straightforward i fucking love yes like their um is it dream pop is kind of the straight ahead sour yeah that's their kettle sour the yeah one. yeah love that one that's it's a amazing. great great beer yeah this i really really enjoyed they're worth checking out for sure if oh, you're absolutely. in the hamilton area yeah fair weather definitely check them out glad we did it man and now yeah we are rapidly approaching our kind of mid-season break point Ooh. So we haven't really talked about this too much, but basically we're going to, at the end of December, we're going to hit the pause button for a few weeks, six, <laughs> six, eight weeks. Just give us a chance to like go out, try some new beers, figure out the movies we're going to watch for the second half, the kind of the back half of our first season here. So we've got a couple weeks to go before that happens. Next week is our holiday episode. Ooh, We're going to be watching a Christmas classic. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, what is it? The Grinch? Silent Night, Deadly Night. Ooh. Have you ever seen a Christmas-themed horror movie? No, but I'm excited. Well, you're going to, my man. <laughs> Get excited for that. Sweet. I remember that very fondly from when I was a kid. Beautiful. In the meantime, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the BMB Podcast. 
this would be a really good time as we're approaching our break to send us suggestions, both of for beers and bad movies at the BMB podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, absolutely. Help us figure out what we're going to do for the back half. And thank you so much for listening. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. The darkest side of magic. The strongest side of man. <laughs>